Building Years Podcast with Justin Alexio and Jeremiah Watkins. New episodes every Wednesday. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the Building Years, everybody. This is Jeremiah Watkins. Hey, it's Justin Alexio. And we have something special that we've never done before. Oh, shit. We keep surprising you guys. We keep surprising, coming up with new things. And I don't know if you remember our buddy Christopher McDonald, who we had on episode 39. But it's been about a year or over a year since we've had him on the podcast. back when we had the old theme music. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. (laughs) So, basically, what we're going to do, we're going to kind of revisit... Uh, Chris and see where uh, he's at and what's been going on this last year and uh, see what's going on. See the new developments in his life. So please welcome again back to the show, Christopher McDonald, everybody. Hey, everybody. (laughs) You already sound happier than last year. Right? It's true. A year will make a lot of change in your life. Are you a happier person now? Yes. <laughs> we we have somebody on that's like, my life got worse since the last podcast. You guys don't even know what happened. <laughs> I think my heart's gone. Oh, Jesus. Chris. You know, Chris is one of my good buddies. You've had a had a big year, man. Yeah, real big year. That's why I was like, I gotta get him back on. Yeah. Tell him what, what's been going on. So let's say what's so we just about a year ago, so what's been happening? So since then, uh, I was working in stop motion animation a little bit, and then what were you doing? Let's explore each one. Don't don't list it off. We got a half hour, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> so in stop motion animation, I was working for a company called Stupid Buddy Studios. Okay, that's uh, that's like the robot chicken people, right? Yeah, it's Seth Green's company. Yeah. And I was just a low level guy, you know, helping light and set up the cameras and. But that's not where the story ends. <laughs> no, that is not where the story ends. Because like any television show, it goes on hiatus. <laughs> <laughs> that's not what I was saying at all. I mean, I'll take it. Yeah, keep going. And in order to fill that space, I started working in reality television. Yeah, that's right. So you, All right, so you go on hiatus. You're like, I need to work. Mm-hmm. Had you had ever worked in reality? No. Luckily not, but everyone's got to experience it at least once. So, like, what's the what's the big differences? Because I've never been a, around a reality set. Like, what's their big differences in production between reality and scripted? It's a lot looser, and the people are a lot sketchier and willing to do anything. It's a lot. It's like news meets like really low budget porn in a way, <laughs> where people are like, "I will do anything for this shot." Chris, could you uh, <laughs> could you go ask this old lady to walk across the street, please? Like that kind of stuff, but uh, it was kind of weird because one time my boss was like, all right, I need you to pick up a package, and I was like, okay, and so I went to this production company, and I pick up this box, and they're like being super sketchy about it, they're like, all right, do not open the box, (laughs) just get it to your boss, everything will be cool, and I'm like, all right, so I'm driving it back, and I give it to my boss, and he's like, you didn't open this, did you? And I was like, no, you guys, both of you have said not to. <laughs> Clearly, I'm not going to open it. Some of my friends said they would have opened it. But he opens the box, and inside is like a pound of cocaine and like, what? Probably $20,000 in cash. And I was like, are you guys like a front? <laughs> so they told you not to open the box, and they opened it right in front of you? Yeah, and I was like, 
I think you guys just made me commit a crime. <laughs> oh my! God. And that was really the beginning of the end of that. But <laughs> so that Chris still needs money, so like four months later, I'm still working there. <laughs> oh, Sometimes you have to look the other way. Yeah, <laughs> you're like, I got rent to pay. I'm not doing the cocaine. I got tricked into this. <laughs> I got tricked into this. Was there any other sketchy things that happened that you're like, I really need to get away from this? Um, just like sometimes like when I was on set, they would mistreat some of the actors, which were really like extras that they decided to just hire <laughs> at minimum wage or below that. Yeah. And so like one day it was like raining and one of the PAs was like, I'm going to go uh, put up a pop-up for them. And the like first AD was like, Fuck the actors. Come do what I want you to do. And I was sitting there watching the actors just sit in the rain. <laughs> oh, oh my God. Which is funny because there was a tent up that had all of their like wardrobe, so it would be dry. But yeah. the actors themselves were not. Wow. Dude, yeah, that would never happen on a SAG shoot. Cause they and just... I was sitting there going, man, you guys are, uh, you guys are really screwing over people's uh, days here. Yeah. Well, you know those then those actors are probably like I'm 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 doing anything, I'm gonna I gotta get my credits. Yeah, yeah, and then the actual crew like they were all connected to the owners of the company, so the DP on one of the shows I was working on was just like this 25 year old kid that, like his dad like was one of the co owners of the company. At 25. Yeah, well he graduated and his dad was like, "Yo, you want to DP this reality show?" And he was like, "Sure." Oh God! And like I, he like sent me his reel and everything else that was on his reel was all like student films, like pretty well shot student films. But student still, you can tell, you yeah. know, yeah. And the show that we were working on was called Unusual Suspects, and it was just about like crazy murders that happened. And so it'd be like we'd recreate without sound the. Uh, <laughs> The crazy murders that would happen. Oh, yeah. My mom loves shows like that. And there'd be like a voiceover. They'd be like, little did they know there was an anaconda. And in the backyard, they fed the body to the anaconda. (laughs) And then like there'd be like that dramatic music. It's like, dun, dun, dun. So when you're doing a show like that, does everyone on the crew just know that they're creating bad television? Yeah, no one cares because they're making money. <laughs> I mean, not good money. It's probably the worst money you can make in LA. But any friend that I have who like used to do reality TV, that's their like that's how they feel about it. A hundred percent. They're just yeah, I used to do it, but uh, oof, I just yeah, I, I just needed some money. So. And, and it's. It's like the longest hours you can work to. Yeah. Like you're working like 15 hours. They're not paying any overtime, and you're oh. making like maybe 150 a day. Like everyone's making 150 a day. Wow. How can they do that? I don't know. That's minimum <laughs> wage, by the way. Well, 126 is the minimum wage, so a little over minimum wage for the crew too. Yeah, for the crew. Oh God. Oh man, those crews <laughs> must be getting so angry. Yeah, people weren't happy. Yeah, but they were like, "But I need the money, and I don't have the connections." So <laughs> yeah. here we go. Yeah. So how long did you do that for? I did that for like maybe like eight months total. Okay. You know, maybe maybe less than that. Time blurs when you're not enjoying yourself. But anyways, <laughs> yeah. Uh, finally, like I came back and I had like all the camera gear, and they wanted me to like bring it upstairs, <laughs> and I was like, "This is gonna be the end. <laughs> I'm quitting today." And they're like, 
Chris, uh, we want you to take all the uh, camera gear, put it like on these carts, and like load it and bring it all the way up this like skyscraper. <laughs> and I was like, uh, nah, <laughs> I'm not gonna do that because today I'm already at hour 15. You're not paying me anymore, so I just left it in the van and like left them a note. <laughs> and I was like, dear <laughs> production coordinators, I'm on hour 15. <laughs> <laughs> I've done the gears this. in the truck. I locked it. It's in the parking lot, like downstairs, which and is what we would, which is what we would normally do. But I was just sitting there, going like, "Like, come on, guys! Like, now I'm working for free." Yeah. yeah. So what? What was the reaction to that note? Uh, I got some like nasty texts the next day, which, <laughs> which I mean, if I was in their position, I'd be pissed too. But yeah. at the same time, whatever, whatever. So you just walked away, right? Yeah, that's something I wouldn't normally do. Like normally, I go way above and beyond yeah. when I'm on set, but like to make like 125, you know, 126 in a day is pretty. Uh, yeah. yeah. Didn't then wasn't there a huge blowout too? Like afterwards, like like someone's like, "You ruined your name in this town." Yeah, yeah, yeah. The coordinator was saying, "Dude, you ruined your name, man. You'll never work again." And then like I was already working on something else, <laughs> and I was like, "Huh." I mean, and I would just, like, let him keep texting me, and he would just blow up my phone, like, 50 texts at a time. Whoa. And then he'd be like, why aren't you responding to me? Like, because I hate you. He's one of those, like, guys that just, like, has to have the last word. Oh. You know? He's, like, this, like, really intense Armenian dude that's just, like, he always wants to be on top, alpha male styling. Yeah. So when you go, so for the production people, you don't go in for interviews for, like, new work, right? You just get hired? Yeah, pretty much, like... I've never interviewed for any anything like that. So you that. just don't talk about, like, you just don't use them as a reference? Yeah, you like, just say, like, oh, okay, I did a bad job for them. Buried. <laughs> <laughs> nice. You know? So what else have you been working on, Chris? I know you did, a, you worked on a Kimbra music video, right? Yeah, so I was the director of photography yeah. on this Kimbra music video, which is really sweet. It, they're still working on it. It's a very unique way that we make these videos because they're live. And so basically what we do is we have the artist go through each section uh, or each take live and we do like five or six takes. Yeah. And then the artist goes through and chooses what parts of each take they like vocally. And then they like make a, like a vocal cut basically. Oh, wow. And then we match our takes to their, um, Wait, to their mix. Wow. I've never heard of it. Why, why are they just doing that for like an artistic uh, thing? It's like an artistic courtesy just because the director really likes to like have the artist involved in a certain way. Yeah. And the way that we shoot it, there aren't really bad takes really. Now, why would you shoot it? This is just a different way of shooting it uh, than normal music video. You usually shoot it where the song is just playing and then people are yeah. lip syncing the words. What is the benefit, or are they just trying to do new things for this approach? It's a new approach. I don't. I think mainly what it is is it's we're using artists that are actually very, very talented musically. Right. So they almost um, want to. And we want we want to show that off. Yeah. You know, yeah what's yeah. it like to see these people live or in an intimate setting? Okay. And so I think we kind of hang our hat on just having a really, really nice mix that is made live. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like what KCRW does, except we've stepped up the production value okay. a lot more. So I've actually done three videos like that. I did one for Kimbra, who I don't know if 
the listeners know who she is, but she's saying she's on big. yeah, she's saying on like the Gautier song that mm-hmm. won that Grammy, um, and then the somebody that I used to know, yeah, yeah. She, she's the somebody. girl, yeah, <laughs> somebody. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know the words at all, but you know, yeah, and then um, I also shot for a band called Kanwa Khan. Who are a local LA band? They're really good. You guys should check them out. What are they called? Con Wakan, K A N W A K A N. Okay. Con Wakan. They're okay. really great. And then I've also shot one for this girl Rachel Fannin, who is in a band called Only You, and they're more like um, like a old time like rock and roll band. Okay. But she's really good. Really, really good. I told you to hook me up with Kimbra, and I was you thought I was joking, <laughs> but I wasn't. And what happened with that? I was like, Kimbra, you want to meet Justin? She was like, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, Chris, I don't know who Justin is. And I was like, fine. Well, it's settled then. It's settled. <laughs> so how much, how much uh, like more artistically gratifying is it to be a DP on a music video than working in reality TV. Oh, uh, it's so much more gratifying because I get to actually put in the creative work. Yeah. Instead of just being so like I feel like on reality television I was more like an ant, like just yeah, a worker. You're just like a cog in the machine. <laughs> yeah, right? you're just yeah. lifting and doing, you know, stuff and there's not really like a creative point to it. Mm-hmm. Um I think I come from a sort of sect of filmmaking where I like to connect it either to art or to you know something like whether it be political or something that i can hang my hat on and be like okay i feel good about this project it's gonna (laughs) do something it's gonna get a message out it's gonna do something for someone's life and i feel i just feel like reality television doesn't really accomplish that in a lot of ways with the dp you're kind of like a boss you're the dick boss you're just like no i don't want i might be the nicest dp ever actually (laughs) i like when I, I work with a gaffer named George Oliver, and uh, when we work together, like, it's very collaborative. I'm very, like, up for, um, you know, suggestions. Sure. I definitely, obviously, you know, when I see something I want, I want it. But, you know, I think you have to make it like a team. Otherwise, it doesn't really work out. No power tripping, Chris? No. Well, I try not to. I try not to. You know, because otherwise no one wants to work with you again. I don't want to be like, yeah. you know, the James Cameron yeah, kind of guy. So, okay, so we talked about some of the good things. Has any bad things happened this year? Tell us the dark stuff, too. All the dark stuff. Well, I did go two months without working in the summer, but that's more just because it died. Those were some dark months, though. <laughs> that was like me, and I was just like, okay. Someone someone will call one of these days. And I was, like, doing push-ups every day, like, trying to get buff just because I had nothing else to do. I was like, I'm going to get in shape so that when I get back on set, I'm going to be even better. I'll be back, baby. And uh, those were some dark months. Yeah, that'd be the worst because does that go in, like, waves with production where it's just, like, summer's dead? But I yeah, at least for me. It's f- not for everyone, but for me it does, like... I was lucky this winter. Like, I thought it would go dead in December, but I've been working the whole time. Didn't you go out of town, too? Oh, yeah, I did, do, I did yeah. do that. Right before the reality TV job, I worked on this feature in Colorado <laughs> as the best boy electric. 
and that was it it actually taught me a lot but it was like a brutal shoot too yeah um 12,000 feet is a it's pretty hard to work in that kind of uh like altitude yeah i've got an altitude sickness before uh in denver yeah there was one there was one night where we were kind of understaffed so i was like running all the electricity and like moving lights and uh we had lit this like nighttime exterior on a mountainside and they were and then the director was like actually i think it would be better to like work over here oh which was like uh, it would it, and he was like, "Could you guys do it in like 15 minutes?" And I was like, <laughs> "I mean, I'll do my best, man." And so I'm running through the dark with my headlamp on, trying to figure out where everything was again. And I had to move two generators across a field, and then like take all of the line, re like wind it up, move it over there, and then rerun it to where he wanted them. Uh. And I was running the whole time because, like, he was like, we only have so much time. <laughs> he's like this dude that he's like an enigma because he's, uh, I believe he's, like, from Colorado, but he lived in Sweden. So he, like, developed this weird, like, accent. <laughs> so when he talks, it's very, like, I'm like, you're not quite, like, European, but you're there's like a to mix me. of bro in there. Yeah, it's a and it's kind of sinister too, because like he's very straight faced. So he's just like, he's like, Chris, you've got like five minutes, and I'll be like, Do I? <laughs> All right, I'm gonna go run. And then like by the time I reset reset the setup and like everything was good, I just like sat down and was like having a heart attack because <laughs> like my like I don't think my lungs were. It was like the first week, so my lungs were still getting. Was this before or after the push ups? This was after the push-ups, actually. But <laughs> Were um, you like, did that help at all? <laughs> no, <laughs> because by the time this happened, I'd already gone back to my lazy ways. Yeah, so yes, because in the summer when you just don't got like, so do you ever when I go like months without working, I'm just like, ah, is it over? Is that my done working forever? That doesn't that go through your mind at all? Yeah, or or I go, um, is it? gonna run out and i'm gonna have to move home again because i feel like that's my biggest fear as far as like the worst thing that could happen to me i don't care about going broke i care more that like i'll move home and all my friends be like see back where we were (laughs) (laughs) you're back where we are baby welcome back see yeah i knew you'd be back i would be like i i am always more scared of like i always think i'm gonna get more work but my fear is just how long is this dry spell? Like, was it a nine-year dry spell <laughs> before I started getting like, like, like I would, I would go homeless out here and over moving back to Kansas and like having to look at those people again. And like, <laughs> like, didn't work out for you, man. I'm glad we have the same fears. I think you would just go further. You would be like, no. I'd rather die on the street here. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, hopefully I have enough good friends that let me crash on their couch. But Plus, I think you and Justin are like of the quality you're beyond. That like you'd have the dry spell, but eventually it would work out before you got evicted. <laughs> well I got I got close a couple except times. For, except for Justin. Well, they gave me the eviction notice, but I paid my rent in time. So technically Were you like paying SAG? A bunch, dude. Instead of your rent, yeah. Well, that was that was my bad summer. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but you know, whatever you get through it or whatever. 
So uh, are you doing storyboarding and stuff still along yeah. with uh, doing the DP work? Uh, what's been going on with that? No, not really. Like, I've been mostly DPing, and I'm trying to do a little more directing this year. That's, like, my sure. goal is that I just want to diversify a little bit more of what I do because I love working with actors on top of that. Do you think it's easier beca- for you uh, because you have that skill of storyboarding that if, like, once you start directing – you can really, you, I mean, you could basically storyboard if you wanted yourself. Like, this, these are the shots that I really oh, want to get Oh, sure. for sure. I'm someone that likes to shoot. I don't like to shoot coverage. Yeah. One, it burns your crew out. And two, it looks like you don't know what you like. Right. So I'm someone that likes to really rigorously pre-plan mm-hmm. a shoot. Not that, like, I stick directly to the, you know, to the shot list. Yeah. But um, I like to have a framework to work out of so that I'm not sitting there going like, all right, I'm, I'm worrying about all this camera stuff when I should be with the actors and, yeah, you know, working with them. Cause really set time is actor time. So you, so you said you want to direct more next year. Anything else you want to do that you didn't quite get to this year? Yeah. There was a couple of like shorts that I was hoping that were going to come around for DP work. And uh, they just never came around, so I'm hoping this year I get to do it because yeah. my reel would love to have some of that on there. Did you get like uh, some hours towards your uh, your guild stuff that you have to do? I did. So yeah, your how hours. Does, how does that least, work? Your you need like I think it's like thirty or forty union hours in a year. Okay. So every year mine like go away, and then I get a couple, and then it goes away. Oh, it expires. Yeah. So if you don't. It's like, so it's either so many non-union days within, like, forever, and you have to have pay stubs that can back that up from three major, um, like, pay, like, companies, mm-hmm. and without those, then they don't count. Jesus Christ. Wow. Yeah, so, it's really hard to get into the unions. Yeah, so you're trying to get into the Director's Guild, right? Um, I think like I'd rather direct outside of the director's guild and gotcha. I'd rather, if I was going to join a guild, it would be the camera guild, which is uh, Iatse 600. Okay. But the initiation fee is like $8,000. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and you need all these like hours. So I'm really just working up to the point where I can work big enough gigs that. Yeah. It don't matter. You know, you get those. So on the acting side, Justin and I have reels. You mentioned that you have a reel. Do you ever, like, how often do people, how important is it for you as a director to have a strong reel, uh, like, like with multiple projects and stuff like that versus, mm-hmm. uh, because for some, like, for some actor stuff, you can really get away with having one good scene, and then they're like, okay, we'll take a look at this guy, or, like, we'll consider yeah. him for the job. What is that like on the directing side? Like, how important is it to have a strong reel, and, and how long, like, in length is the actual reel? It's usually two to three minutes. Mm-hmm. I'd keep it even less than that. It's more about showing scenes from a diverse set of projects. Gotcha. So, so if you want to stylistically, and yeah, if you want to be a director, you know, you should have a commercial of some sort in your reel because that's where you're gonna actually make money. Yeah, uh, it's just like acting. The big money is in commercial work. So crazy. Um, you know, you can have your short work. You can have your feature work. And a lot of it is just showing, oh, okay, this is what my style is like Yeah. for all of these. It, it's not necessarily, you know, you don't need, like, a bunch of different styles. It's just showing that you have 
what it takes to make right you have the ability or to like create your style your your style with the industry Mm -hmm. so you may be making a commercial and a feature but you can tell that you made both gotcha there's like yeah there's a there's i think in the industry like what you really need is consistency first and then like diversity yeah after that you know diversity so uh you talked about all your entertainment accomplishments of the year. What about your personal stuff? You get any ladies this year? How was the date life? Man, the dating life has been uh, brutal in LA. <laughs> <laughs> I go on like a lot of, you know, small like coffee dates and stuff, and I feel like it just. Do you use Tinder or any of the dating app? I use like Tinder for a while, and it's really you were weird. killing it on Tinder. It's weird because on Tinder, I feel like I just meet a lot of really good friends. <laughs> Like by the end, we're like, yeah, it'd be really good to be friends after this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm like a really shy person. So I feel like I might throw people off at first because I'm like, trying to figure out what to say to them. And then I, and they're like, man, maybe you're just not into me or something like that. But usually friend zones and that context. You got to bust those down. Yeah, right. You guys should go on a double Tinder day. <laughs> double <laughs> Tinder. Dude, I've tried, but I've never gotten matched with someone on Tinder. Haven't even gotten to do the conversation. Really? Yeah, it's brutal. Oh, I haven't gotten that matched at all. all. Never. I had to delete it because it was too sad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, I've never even gotten to do the conversation. It's always like the only I've gotten matched three times, and they're all spam bots. So wow. Yeah. But did you feel loved? You I did. I got excited. Love. It was worse because then I'm like, they're uh, not real. Oh, uh, there's a website on her picture. Damn it. Yeah, there's a lot of like prostitutes on Tinder, which I thought was weird. Huh. Like every once in a while you'll get like this match and then like you'll get like an immediate message that's like for $135, <laughs> you can get all access, hook it up. And I'll be like... No, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't worry, Chris. I think in 2015, a dating site will come along that will just kill the game for us. I think so, too. I think, uh, wh- wh- what do you think it'll be called, Justin? Fucking. I don't know. <laughs> I think it'll be real <laughs> racy. Have you got that new app? <laughs> it's available. On the- <laughs> I think there should just be one called, Girl, You Happy? <laughs> Girl, You Happy. So besides that, you had no bad dates, like not nothing horrific? No, Happens. not really. I feel like I'm like a level enough person that it wouldn't escalate to like something really bad happening. Yeah. If that makes sense. Like I'm not someone who'd be like really up in like their face about anything. <laughs> Cause I feel like that's where like a date would go wrong is like, you're like, if like you go in, you're just like, well, I'm into hooking up. So you just like start dropping those hints right away. And she's like, what? Yeah, well, that's happened to me a bunch. If I don't, I have an <laughs> objective, and I'm like, this are my cards, I'm not going to bullshit you. And then they get really offended. Then they're like, mission impossible. <laughs> mission, yeah. yeah. <laughs> She's like, Justin, I am 25 years old. I don't think I'm down to hook up anymore. Yeah, well, some are. Some are, and I find them. So we usually do the Hollywood Bitch Slap segment to round out the podcast. Uh, we've done one of those with you before. How about we do a segment where it's like the, from this last year, since we uh, interviewed you about a year ago, one uh, story of inspiration, like a moment where you're like, you were on the up and up, but like it was an upswing. Like there was like a moment where you're like, yes, things are starting to happen. Okay. Before you answer that, we got to, we got to name this segment. Okay. Jeremiah. Yeah. Yeah. How about the 
Choo choo choo. Ah, fuck. I don't know. I tried. I tried to name it so hard. We should have talked about this before. I just thought of it. (laughs) All right. How about we'll call it your moment of clarity? The moment of clarity? Yeah. I don't know. We'll change it later if it sucks. (laughs) Yeah. I think my moment of clarity came when we started shooting these artist journals Mm -hmm. because they really started like right at the end of when I was on that two month span of not doing anything you know, during the summer. And, like, I shot the first one, and we were, you know, sitting there, and he was like, yeah. The director was like, Chris, you can do whatever you want. Just make it beautiful. And I was like, I think I found my match finally. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, the director of, like, that particular series, like, he just is very open to collaboration. And I think that was, like, the first time where I was like, this is the up and up. And then I saw how well the second video did. Mm-hmm. you know as far as views went yeah and and i think that's i think that second video is really what has attracted some bigger artists to us in the last i don't know three or four months yeah i think that's the up and up is like when you start attracting people that like you actually they admire like your, your work yeah oh man like it makes you feel so like warm and fuzzy inside you're like this is what it's about yeah, you're getting validation from other people that you respect, and they're respecting your work, and you're like, this is what, this is how it's supposed to be. <laughs> yeah, I'm not getting taken advantage of. Yeah. I'm a real boy. Chris, it's been wonderful. Do you have, you have your January rent lined up, right? I do. That is fucking huge. Way to start off 2015 with the bang. That's huge, because I'm figuring it out. Um, no, I'll figure it out. Anyways, Chris, <laughs> thanks for coming on. Yeah, fun? thanks for having me. And uh, do you want any, uh, anything uh, to update the, the listeners with for yeah. uh, social media or some of the, the videos that you referenced that you worked on? Yeah, so you can tweet me at, at cmacfilm, and you can also go to my website at chrismacdonaldfilm.com. And on top of that, there's a web series that I'm first day seeing on, which is for Assistant Camera, and it's called One and Done, and it has Matthew Lesher, who was on Boardwalk Empire this season, as JFK's dad and uh, actually several other really good actors on it you should check it out great see you guys this is uh, evidence of the building years of of our guests of like basically what the show is all about and what we are trying to do with this show is is kind of show the progression of uh of uh, friends and uh, and people who we respect uh, that we've met out here. Yeah, so. Chris. Good year, buddy. If you're going to hopefully have another good year, we'll get you on another year. Or have a really bad year. Don't do the in-between. Yeah, we got to keep it interesting for next time. <laughs> Thanks for coming by, buddy. Thanks.